Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this special episode of The Professor Travel Domestic Edition. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you go in order to discuss them as a community. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media platforms, including starting first with my website at theprofessortravel.com, but you can also reach me through YouTube, Facebook, and now on TikTok at theprofessortravel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you're a Twitter or -er 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 -er, I think, I don't know how you'd say it. You can find me at theprofessortr1 there. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am very pleased to introduce you to a friend of mine, a former colleague of mine. Our visiting professor today is Brian Johnson. Say hi, Brian. Hello out there. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate you having me here. I appreciate you coming on board and giving us your little knowledge about Philadelphia and all of Pennsylvania as, as best you possibly can. So before we jump into that, though, can I talk to you a little bit about some of your credentials so that way my students can be familiar with who you are and what you do? Sure, not a problem at all. So I'm currently a middle school business teacher uh, in Middletown, Delaware. Um, I have a bachelor's in management. I have a master's in leadership, a second master's in public administration and government and policy. And then I also have a a certificate in life coaching. Fantastic. Traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done a little bit of traveling uh, around the United States. I've been to quite a few states all up and down the East Coast. I've been to Dallas and Houston. And we're resuming with a special guest. You want to introduce her? <laughs> uh, hello, this, this is one of my daughters, Nyla. Hey, Nyla. <laughs> Hi, little princess. Okay. So, um, again, just again, uh, do you want to just reiterate again your uh, educational credentials there? Uh, sure. So, I have a bachelor's in management. Um, uh, and then also a master's in leadership. I have a second master's in public administration and government and policy. And then I also took some time to become a certified life coach. Right now, although I had 13 years of being a college advisor, I decided to become a middle school teacher. And that's something that I'm truly enjoying doing right now. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, you've traveled a little bit domestically. Have you traveled at all internationally? Uh, if you want to count Jamaica, Bahamas, mm-hmm. Canada, sure. Absolutely. I, have, I haven't been there, and I've been to 23 countries already. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, hey, you know, I, I, I wanted to go to the Caribbean earlier this year, but that got canceled due to COVID. So, unfortunately, it right. is what it is. Right. So, 
today we were going to talk about Pennsylvania, which is where you were at for quite some time, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. I lived there for about 10 years, but I've always lived near Pennsylvania. So I'm from Willowbrook, New Jersey, which is right across the bridge from, uh, from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And we worked together in Jersey, so that wasn't too terribly far from there. Right, right. So let's talk really quickly about the history, at least some of the history that you know about the state of Pennsylvania. What do you, what do you recall in terms of, like, what are the big events of, of, of PA? Well, from what I know, you know, Philadelphia itself is is truly a national landmark for the United States. That's where the Constitution was signed. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of uh, important folks that was in the beginning of our inception, should I say, like Betsy Ross, mm-hmm. uh, Benjamin Franklin, you know, uh, folks like that. Yeah. Um, that's why it's a huge tourist area, because it has a lot of that history. Mm. still there. Um, so I think that the city itself does a really good job preserving the history. Um, if you are a history buff or, or even if you're not, um, it's definitely, you know, just a beautiful place to go as well as many museums. Um, so they have a civil war museum, they have an African-American museum. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other ones in terms of historical museums. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but they have quite a few uh, for those as history buffs. Excellent. And then more recent history in terms of uh, the sports teams and the like, uh, when did some of those get started in the area? Do you know? Um, well, Philadelphia, I'm more of a Philadelphia Eagles fan, just to let you know. <laughs> okay. But Philadelphia Eagles have been around probably since like the 20s. Okay. Uh, it's considered an older uh, team mm-hmm. uh, for the NFL is what it is today. Um, so you have the Eagles, you have the Philadelphia Flyers, um, the Philadelphia Phillies for baseball. Mm-hmm. Then on the Pittsburgh side, which is the west side, uh, you have the Steelers, the Penguins. Um, so the state itself in terms of its fandom when it comes to sports is completely split down the middle. Okay. The west side is, is for Pittsburgh and the, 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 the uh, east side is for uh, Philadelphia. Okay, cool. So talk to me a little bit about the geography. Uh, like, what are the states that border your area? Okay, great question. So on the east side, you have New Jersey. Okay. Um, I believe a tip of New York. Yes. No, no, New York. Yeah, Yeah, New York's definitely there. Because my yeah, relatives are on the border. All, all, like... all the way to the north. All the way to the north. <laughs> right. Yep. You're right. Um, Ohio to the west. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Maryland. And I'm not sure how, if West Virginia borders it, but it is fairly close, especially when it comes to the Pittsburgh side. Okay, cool. And then in terms of, uh, like, I mean, obviously just from these pictures that I see, it's beautiful. It's it's. You know, you've got it's very picturesque as far as the plains, and they've got a little bit of the mountainous area as well. It's very lush. It seems like there's a lot of maybe the cha- changing of the tr- colors of the trees and stuff like that during the fall. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. If you were to jump on uh, the Pennsylvania Turnpike and go from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, you're bound to just get an amazing experience of the beauty of nature. So not only will you get those kind of picturesque uh, images that you're seeing now, but you will also go up and down the Appalachian mountain chains. um, And it's just beautiful. Excellent. Uh, Now, that being said, there is a little bit of extreme weather that comes with this too. Uh, So the summers are, the summers are beautiful. And then the winters are obviously very, very cold sometimes. Correct. Correct. <laughs> in, in Pennsylvania itself, you, you get the four seasons. You get at least three months of each season. That's that's kind of how I put it. So your summers, as you say, you may have a heat wave, but you also may have a blizzard. <laughs> mm, that's true. 
So the spring and the fall, in my opinion, are so beautiful. It's, to me, those are my, my favorite parts of the year because I don't necessarily need a cold. And, you know, I, I can go outside and enjoy the weather without either freezing to death or sweating to death. <laughs> Which is awesome. Now, culture, right. when we talk about culture in the area, I mean, obviously, there is a, there's huge historical presence there because it's one of those places that's been around for quite some time. But uh, in terms of the religion in the area, it's it's pre- predominantly Christian, I think, or, or or aspects of Christianity. I mean, you have the Mennonites, you have uh, Amish, a huge Amish presence over there, right. um, uh, Protestants, Catholics. And then, of course, as you get into the cities, you get a little bit more of a diverse religious culture. Um, have you have you interacted at all with the Amish country? Because that's like a huge area of, of Pennsylvania. Yes, I'm only an hour from Amish country now. And um, not too long ago, I would say about a year ago, I went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to see this. They have this beautiful um, show called Jesus. And it's in a theater. It's a 360 theater. So the play, it's a live play, and they put it on, and you can literally, you're watching a play, it's an 80-degree uh, st- uh, stage that they use, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But in general, you definitely get a lot of Amish in the mid part of the state. Philadelphia, they have a lot of old Catholic churches, and they're beautiful, humongous, like story high chapels and, and, and things like that. So you'll see a lot of that. But it is a huge mixture as well. Philadelphia is one of those cities that just you know, it has a place for everyone. So excellent. Now you were talking to me earlier, there's a little bit of a thriving art community in that area, correct? Yes. Yes. So if you go to Philadelphia, you're bound to want to take one of those mural tours. Um, So they're really big on showing off their murals. They're really excited about that. Um, And just in general, I mean, you have art galleries, um, you know, different things like that in Philadelphia. They're very proud of their art. And then in terms of the language, it's predominantly English. There's not really any, yeah, any other languages. Um, as far as foods, because, um, of course, I'm a foodie. I love, I love really good food. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Philly, the Philly cheesesteak, uh, world, world-renowned Philly cheesesteak, although I told it's prepared a couple of different ways depending upon where right. you're at. So, um, and then, of course, uh, uh, Tasty Cakes, the pretzel. Yeah. There's a lot of different things in terms of food that you can get there. Anything I'm missing? I mean, Amish, uh, apple butter, uh, you know, stuff like that. Well, you know what I will tell you, since you're a foodie, if you ever come to Philadelphia, a place that you really want to check out, there's this one place that has all that you mentioned in one location. It's called the Reading Terminal. So it's right down uh, downtown on Philadelphia off of Market Street. And it's this huge warehouse that's connected to the convention center. And there's probably about, oh, there's over a hundred different vendors and, and stores there selling all different kinds of food um, from the Amish food. The Amish have their own section. And <laughs> uh, there's a few cheesesteak places. You have some Thai food in there, which is actually my favorite. Mm-hmm. Delicious salmon and rice with shrimp. Oh, it's absolutely delicious. Got some soul spots in there. No, of uh, course. And a lot of desserts. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to watch my one pack, but there's a lot of desserts there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Reading Terminal was a place that you definitely want to go. Um, it's so much so. It's kind of like the Cheesecake Factory menu where you have so many options. You're not really sure which way to go. Yeah, it's like a whole book of stuff. <laughs> feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Now, we talked about a few of the, obviously, the few of the, um, 
you know, great sports teams that are over in, in uh, PA. But one of the other recreational spots that we didn't really discuss is Hershey. And, uh, you know, people know Hershey for its chocolate, but they also have a entire town that's pretty much, you know, they have like, I think they have roller coasters and stuff like that too. They have a theme park. They have a theme park. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, like are, there, flags, man. <laughs> are there, I was going to say, are there any other um, like six flags or any other types of amusement parks in the Pennsylvania area that you can talk to? Sesame place. Sesame place. What's that? Sesame, like Sesame street. Yeah. yeah. A theme park. Do they really? <laughs> yes. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. So it's, it's awesome, man. It's in um, Langhorne, Pennsylvania, which is I want to say about 30 minutes north of Philadelphia. Nice. Okay. Cool. And then um, any state holidays that you can think of, or none that I can think of. Okay. Back to the theme parks too. I do want to add in Lancaster. They have a smaller theme park. And I believe it's called like Castle on the Hills. It's an old, it's a it's a theme park that kind of mimics like castles and different things like that. Uh, it's supposed to be a really fun place. I haven't been there, but I have driven by. You see a huge castle when you drive by. Okay, that would be worth it. That would, that sounds like that would right. be kind of sick. I like that. And of course, um, I I you know I probably should go back and mention, of course. If you're going to Philly specifically, there's probably a ton of Independence Hall tours and the yes. Liberty Bell tours and stuff like that that you can get um, that are just going to be monumental. The great thing with the Liberty Bell, you it's no cost. You go straight in. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's the weekend, you will see you know experience a line. Uh, during the week, you probably take you five minutes. However, if there is a line and you just want to see the Liberty Bell, what you do is. On the left side of the street, which is maybe 5th Street, if you drive to the corner and just look perpendicular, you can see straight through the building and you'll see the living room. <laughs> it's kind of like a stand line. It's a hack. <laughs> That's great. That's the quick way to do it. <laughs> now, in terms, in terms of the population, um, it, Pennsylvania in general is a fairly sizable population, um, but it looks like majority of the population is... is in the southeast and a little bit in the west. Is that correct? Correct. What correct. are the cities? So what you see on this uh, on this map, the southeast is Philadelphia and the west uh, is Pittsburgh. So in between, you have smaller cities. So if you go maybe an inch over to the left of Philadelphia, you'll see Harrisburg. Yeah. Um, and then to the north, you'll have like Allentown, Scranton, Bethlehem, those areas. Um, and then all the way to the very top left that's where that uh serial killer uh you know that was uh what's his name um oh man i have to oh, i forgot his name oh i'm gonna have to come back to you on that that's where they recently caught that one guy he was in the north west part of the state oh that's a happy thing <laughs> i'm glad yeah, they caught oh, him no, they- so, but that's where he was, man. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you're nowhere near that. So protect you and the kids. <laughs> no, no, and no. I, I just looked up the population. It looks like you're about 13 million in Pennsylvania overall. So that wouldn't surprise me that, you know, you probably have a, a good couple of million right. in each of those larger cities. And But it looks like there's just such a population center in the Southeast with, within and around the, right. Right. Uh, the right. Philadelphia area. So don't surprise me there. Um, now, in terms of the economy of the area, I mean, obviously there's a huge number of companies you know, Comcast, uh, uh, PNC, Penske, Alcoa, Rite Aid. Um, but a couple other ones that you had mentioned to me, obviously, um, Urban Outfitters was a big one that you said was out there yes. as well. 
That is by the Navy Yard. And the, the, Navy, the, the Navy Yard, yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah, so right by the Navy Yard, you'll see about seven old decommissioned Navy ships. Yeah. I mean, they have several companies there, but Urban Outfitters is the bigger one there. And then it's also only one mile from the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Um, and then also it it borders the Delaware River. So it's just a beautiful area to be in. Absolutely. And then in terms of travel and transportation, I think more than any other state that I've been to, trains, 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 trains are the big thing in Pennsylvania. That's, it's, it's a sizable state, but the easiest way to get around for the most part seemed to be the train system. And it seems, it seems pretty well developed. Extremely. You can pretty much get anywhere in the state uh, through the trains. Um, <clears throat> in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, I mean, there's many people that do not drive. So between the trains, um, they also have Charlie's as well, mm. especially in uh, Philadelphia. Um, in Pittsburgh, they were trying out the self-driving Uber cars. Yeah, how did that work? Uh, it was fine. They had an accident, but it wasn't in Pittsburgh. It was somewhere else. Okay. And they, Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh was built on the mountain. Okay. So there's a lot of hills and quick turns and stuff like that. So Uber figured if our self-driving cars can successfully drive through Pittsburgh, they can drive anywhere. <laughs> Nice. And then you guys have a couple of major airports in the state. You have obviously Pittsburgh and you have uh, Philly, both of which are a little bit dated. uh, But, you know, but the thing that stands out to me, and this is something that I think you just have to see it when you when you go into the 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 Philadelphia area is Penn Station. You it's just crazy huge. It looks like some kind of a national monument on a hillside. I mean, it's the is that the one that Rocky ran up uh, during the no, that was the art museum. That was the art museum. Okay, so again, right. going out but to where you at in Penn Station. If you look over to your north, the northwest, you'll see uh, the art museum. Okay, cool, awesome, and obviously people will go and, and tourist dive there for you know those steps where Rocky you know uh, goes up, um, Betsy Ross's place. Uh, that's another one. Uh, anything else? In, oh, uh, oh, oh, Independence Hall, where they signed mm-hmm. the Declaration of Independence. Um, and then, of course, all the sports teams in the area. There's a lot of stuff to do. But then, obviously, Hershey, Pennsylvania, um, for the for the amusement park and stuff like that. Right. You also have Bowhouse Row, uh, which is where all the colleges have their... Um, uh, they own a bowhouse. So that's where they do all the boat competitions. Oh, cool. Uh, Rowing and stuff like that. It's really beautiful over there. And then in terms of uh, tourism, uh, you have Eastern State Penitentiary, where Al Capone was. That's a museum. And then also uh, for Halloween, uh, they turn it into a uh, fright fest type of thing. Oh, no. That's cool, right. though. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so you'll see a line that people are in the line for like three, four hours trying to get in there. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Well, I'll have to think about it. And Halloween's coming up, you know, at the time of recording here, so right. about a month away, so just just be good. Uh, now, in terms of the government, uh, now, in the government of the state of Pennsylvania, it's kind of split because you get some areas that are heavily Democratic, and then you have others that are much more rural, and that's um, far, far more conservative. But in total, the state is like almost evenly split because of that. Would you agree? Right. I agree. I agree. See, most of the population is in the city of Philadelphia. In the city of Philadelphia, 
<laughs> it's the, the population is so high, it makes it seem like the state is blue. But the majority of the state in terms of just the landscape itself, is, most of it is conservative. So from Pittsburgh, most of the rural areas, most of them are conservative. Uh, the population of Philadelphia is so much higher, it makes it seem as if the state itself uh, is liberal. When you were living there, was the were the was the state government kind of the same too? Where it was also a more more or less split, or was it predominantly conservative, or was it predominantly liberal? Mostly, in terms of state government, you'll get more Democrats. Okay. Yeah. So, in terms of just the election, the Democrats usually win. But again, most of those votes are coming from the Philadelphia area. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. And then in terms of resources, it seems like you guys have a lot of coal production there, oil, steel. Uh, although, I, mm-hmm. my, as I said, my relatives, uh, they're up in the Scranton area, and where you get around like things like Allentown and um, you know, just, just uh, Bethlehem, it, it seems like the steel production's kind of dried up a little bit in that area. Right. Well, that's why they call Pittsburgh still, uh, still City, because mm. that could be really the hub. Of, of steel. And then when the factory started going down, a lot of people lost jobs and moved away, you know, and things like that. Allentown itself is is just really beautiful. It's more up the mountains. You'll get a lot of those. Uh, if you're driving up there, you'll go through a lot of tunnels that's going straight through a mountain, which is just really cool if you haven't seen something like that. Um, but in general, Allentown is more for... From what I know, a lot of people that retire now move up there. You okay, know, so they've changed. So they changed it a little bit more, so it's less of a resource town, more of a retirement commune. Right, but then you also have the Poconos, so people go up there to get. Like, I keep hearing about the Poconos. That's supposed to be a really nice, like, skiing spot and stuff like that. And yep, really nice for skiing. A lot of people do a quick honeymoon there. Ah. Oh. That's cool. And then in terms of education, obviously you have some amazing colleges that are out in the area, including, uh, you know, Penn State, uh, Carnegie Mellon. Uh, There's one I left off here that you were talking about before. I'm trying to remember who it was. University of Penn. University of Pennsylvania. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of the literacy rate, do you know, do you happen to know maybe how, how the literacy rate is in the state? I'm not sure because I have not taught in Pennsylvania. All of my teaching experiences in Delaware. Yeah. And when I was in Pennsylvania, I didn't have any children either. Okay. So we were really looking. But uh, in terms of the universities, we also have to add in Temple University. Mm, yes. Drexel University. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are also really big there. Moravian College, obviously. Reiner, um, Westchester, Newman. Uh, but the big names are, would be those. And I mean, obviously, a lot of these colleges are hundreds of years old in some cases. They've been there forever. Um, is this pretty much where a lot of the colleges got started? Started, started in the country? Yeah. 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 I think so. Oh, to, to the point of Hershey. Hershey also has a boarding school. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's one place to, <laughs> that's one place to live in. They have it. <laughs> well, that's cool. And then as far as safety and security, um, what is your knowledge about the crime element in, in, the, in the area? The biggest issue in Philadelphia, I would say, would, it would start with the drug problem. Um, so... There's a place in Philadelphia, there's a section of Philadelphia called Kensington. Okay. And Kensington right now is the biggest drug market in the world. And if you go through Kensington, it's a very scary, uncomfortable place to be. Um, no one will probably mess with you, but it's just scary and just just that's how the environment is. It's just kind of a little bit sketchy is the way it, you kind of come oh, across. Sketchy. It's a lot it's of sketchy. It is a lot of sketchy. Okay. You just openly see drug trades and people walking like zombies because they're unfortunate. Hi. 
and things like that. The police really cannot control it. Uh, I really think they're just trying to contain them that to that one area. Mm. Uh, so that's the Kensington section of Philadelphia, which if you were a tourist, you would not go to. Um, it's nowhere close to downtown, so it's nothing to worry about. Um, but outside of that, unfortunately, Philadelphia has always battled their murder rate. And the reason why it is because Philadelphia itself has a huge... Uh, uh, struggle with poverty. So it's a huge section um, that's just, you know, struggling and impoverished. And you have a lot of old issues that's kind of recycling itself. Um, so it's a lot. Philadelphia doesn't really have gangs like the West Coast. They more represent their street. Um, their street itself is kind of like a gang and you kind of have a lot of back and forth with that. But it's mostly all inner residents you know, and things like that. So it's unfortunate, but those are the issues that they're fighting right now. Um, the new uh, prosecutor, Krasner, is really trying to focus on poverty. But then also, uh, you know, a lot of talks about the crime bill and things like that. He's actually doing some a different approach to drug crimes, especially when it comes to just, you know, someone having just like a simple bag or something like that. Um, instead of putting them away for five or 10 years, um, they're doing alternatives uh, to try to get them, you know, back into society, but more productive members of society. So I do like his approach. Um, it's much more humane. And even when it comes to the bail system itself, um, they're more they're trying to help out those that cannot afford bail. So people are not just sitting and riding into a trial. Philadelphia was known for that, where a lot of people were sitting in jails for a while just because they couldn't afford bail. And that was, that's actually not too long ago. They, um, they were in Philadelphia when they were tearing down statues, and they were talking about an old mayor uh, named Rizzo. Okay. Um, and that's one of the mayors that uh, Trump, President Trump, was uh, giving praise to, okay. uh, Mayor Rizzo. Well, he was really tough on crime. And there was a lot of people that unfortunately went to jail uh, for some really silly, silly reasons. And that's really kind of how you tear families down. I think they're taking a, a different approach to crime. They still are acknowledging that they do have crime. They have a new chief of police now, Danielle Outlaw. She's absolutely amazing. She was the chief of police in Portland uh, for a while. She has a few TED Talks out there, but she leads with community policing. Okay. And I just think it's absolutely amazing. The things that she's doing, considering how tough of a challenge it is in Philadelphia, um, I think she's taking a very positive approach to try to rebuild the relationship uh, with the community. Can I ask you kind of a little bit of a controversial question, but I mean, sure. I think you'll have a better perspective on it than I might. Um, let's talk about systemic racism for a moment, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, with respect to the stuff that happens in Philly and the pover impoverished areas that you've, you've seen and that you're aware of, is that, is it, would you say that between that and the, the criminal element that's unfortunately harboring in that area, is it a result from systemic racism, would you say? Or is this something that is more environmental in the way that the money is being distributed uh, within the city and the, in the state? 100% systemic racism. It is 100% systemic racism. But see, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things that I feel is, is, is grossly... Well, okay, I could stand on a soapbox for for years in order to be able to. But as oh, a professor, yeah. But as a professor, it's one of those things that I teach. I teach cultural diversity and critical thinking. So for me, it, it's it's 
it's ingrained into my thought process to understand the rationale for why something's happening and to be able to dissect it and say, okay, well, here's the rationale or here's the reasoning for these individuals who are congregating in within this area. And they may have just no other way to get out of it. They may have no other way to, 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 to move if they don't have the money to do so, or if they don't have the means to do so or the resources right. and, and improve their lives. So, I mean, to me, I feel it, I see it, and it just makes more sense that it, 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 it's, it's, it's something we really need to address within our society, And I think. And it just, I, I, I wanted to pull you into this conversation because I have my own views on this, and I just, I, 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 think, I think we're on the same mindset, but it's just one of those things I think I need to understand from perspective and right. kind of see where we're at on that whole process. If you don't mind, I'll give, I'll give a little bit more of my point of view. Please, by all means. So, you know, as an African-American man, um, my family is from Philadelphia, my mom's side. And my grandfather was one out of 21 kids that came to America from Cuba. But he's the only one that came to Cuba, uh, came to United States. Um, so when he came, he was, he was poor. You know, he started a family. The thing is, what my family went through as well with African-American families is, for one, we don't. We didn't have as many opportunities. So, a young lady not too long ago um, mentioned uh, she used like a she tried to paint a picture of how systemic racism really impacts you, and she used the analogy of uh, monopoly. Did you hear that? Yeah. So how if me and you were to play four, uh, let's just say me and you play four hundred rounds in monopoly, and for the first three hundred rounds, you tell me that I cannot buy any property. And every time I pass go, I have to make sure I give you that money. And then after 300 years, you finally say, okay, now you uh, well, you brought everything up, right? It's kind of like the analogy I hear about, like, if somebody, like, if we're running a relay race and, you know, we say on your mark, it's that, okay, and only Scott can go. <laughs> and I'm like three right. quarters of the race. And now start. you can start going. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like. And then by the time I have an opportunity, you and brought everything up. But let's say when I do get an opportunity. So let's say, you know, I'm. I'm the needle in the haystack. I'm the kid that found a way out of Philadelphia. Well, think about it. When it comes to minority communities, specifically African-Americans, when you become successful, you don't move back to your neighborhood. I moved to your neighborhood. Now, how much of an impact is that? Well, we all understand that a lot of the foundational things that we learn as a kid is from what we see, who we come across, right? So if the kids in the city are only seeing drug dealers and people that are struggling because the successful people moved out, how are they ever going to see success? Mm. When they think about being successful, they see the drug dealer driving the gangs. Yeah, exactly. They don't see somebody like me that has three degrees. They don't see someone like you. But see, using you as an example, you become successful. It's more of a chance that you can move back to your neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so it's so deep. And, and then there was a lot of redlining in Philadelphia oh, yeah. itself. The community that I grew up was part of the Supreme Court case with Levitt that did the redlining. Brian, a lot for, of people for, from Philly moved there. Brian, for a quick second, can for and for my students who don't necessarily understand what redlining is, can you explain that to them? Oh, sure, sure. So redlining was uh, a play that a lot of bankers and developers was using um, during the civil rights time, even before then, where they refused to sell uh, their homes uh, to African-American communities or they just refused to give loans to African-Americans that apply. And they did that to preserve <laughs> the quality, as they would say, of their neighborhood. Yeah. You know, and Then they would say if a black family moved in, the value started to go down. 
you know, and then once the Supreme Court case against Levitt, that was the builder. So he had three communities, one in New York, one in New Jersey, and one in Pennsylvania called Levittown. But when he lost that Supreme, case, Supreme Court case, what they did was they drove down the value of them homes in that area where people from the city could now buy, but then you also had the Great White Flight where people that was already living there would move to another neighborhood. So, you know, even though now, okay, you can live outside the city, you can live in the suburbs, then you didn't have the funding anymore. The values of the house was cheaper. You have a bigger uh, foster care population, a bigger renter, uh, rental population. So you still have very similar issues, even though you're no longer in the city. You know, It's, it's one of those issues. I, I wish we... I mean, I think one of the solutions, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, I, I, this is just one man's opinion, is to try and do what we can in order to reinvest in those communities, in order to try and bring them up. Um, obviously, you know, I think I, I have very strong views on reparations, and I think that that's something we have to really give some serious weight to uh, in terms of whether it would be a, a denomination view or whether that would be something that would be um, a resource-related item series. Uh, there's, oh my gosh, dude, there's just so many different right. things, and you know, we could talk forever on that. I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too I far off the mark. You get a pass, cash payout though, because I, I think my community needs financial literacy first, and I would be fearful if we did receive a cash payout. It was just what that would look spent. like, yeah. and, and that's not to—that's um, not throwing shade or anything on anyone. But just in general, we just need more financial literacy because if we are trying to get a bump, and especially for the next generation, we can't blow it. Right now, African Americans we spend the most when it comes to entertainment and clothing and stuff like that. And the point of reparations will be to reinvest and give us a bump so we can you know, become more competitive and have more opportunities. So I would like to see a mixture and more of a heavy leaning towards resources. But then I'm also very fearful if they did do something like that, who would be on those boards making that decision, you know, and who would kind of like backdoor and still get benefits, even though it's really not for us. It's, you know, so I don't know. I, I have a lot more optimistic. I'm a lot more optimistic when it comes to the next generation than I am for us. Well, clearly you've got one right in your hand there. So, yes. <laughs> um, yes. one other thing I did want to make mention of before we before we leave so, uh, security and safety here is obviously in terms of foreign and domestic terrorism. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the flight crash uh, that occurred not, during nine eleven in Pennsylvania, um, right. where the passengers overtook the cabin and forced the plane down uh, in order to. I think that one was heading towards either. DC, or if I'm right, yeah, they believe if Flight 93, Flight 93, yeah, Flight 93, they apparently they they think it was going to the White House. Okay, that's what they think. So they don't know 100 percent sure, uh, but the flight path itself it was still only about two hours or so from um, the White House. Okay, or 90 minutes. They have a memorial, mm-hmm. uh, the Flight 93 memorial which is is beautiful i've been there um it is you definitely want to go there if you're ready for something like that because it's it's a highly emotional situation to put yourself in same with ground zero in new york as well right right as soon as you pull up you can see these huge uh columns and it's uh column after column after column for about i want to say 200 yards and that's the flight path that the flight took before it took a nosedive into the ground. And then the area where uh, the plane blew up is a humongous 
uh, graves uh, field. So they just fenced it off because although they tried a really good job to recover all the bodies and, you know, things like that, there were still body parts that they were not able to recover um, at the time. Um, but in general, I do think that they really did a good job um, just putting it together. Uh, they recovered a lot of artifacts. Uh, you have people's IDs. Um, you can hear voicemails that people were leaving their family members. And then they also just built a, it's a huge bell. And I believe people go up and, and ring it and it's supposed to signify all the voices or something like that from the flight. Um, I'll get you that information because I, I just saw that. I was actually just there uh, two months ago, but we didn't go in that time. So three years ago, I went in, but two months ago, I saw another added another addition. It was this beautiful, beautiful bell made out of natural stone. Though. It's not a bell. It's, a, it's made out of natural stone, and it, and you chime it. It's That's impressive. Cool. Okay, yeah. so not to leave on a not to leave on a on a, um, <laughs> a somber <laughs> a somber note because you are one of the most yeah. cheery and chuckly guys I know. Um, talk to me really quick. Uh, let's just do a quick like thirty seconds. Why do I want to go to PA? You know, what's the purpose of me wanting to visit? <laughs> Well, Pennsylvania itself, um, as we discussed, it just has so much history there. Um, a lot of beautiful history. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the United States or even just getting close to how we were. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It's OK. <laughs> to how this country came about with the Constitution, um, things like that. But but then it also is a, is a beautiful opportunity uh, for date night. It's a beautiful opportunity for. Well, let's, can we pause? <laughs> Hold on. Sure. Rihanna. Go. <laughs> All right. And we're back. <laughs> so really quickly, you wanted to talk to us about why people want to visit. Obviously, the historical nature of everything that's in PA is just phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Pennsylvania in itself is just a, it's a beautiful place to go. And you can get a lot of different environments and different types of vibes in a very short amount of time. Uh, so if you want to focus on Philadelphia, you can get a lot of the old history of the United States, uh, be able to see the Liberty Bell and, you know, stand where Betsy Ross stood and run up the steps uh, that... Uh, Do the Rocky thing. Did and, you know, Woo! go to the Italian market, things like that, which is really cool. Uh, but then you also can kind of be, you know, take a relaxed uh, vacation as well, go to the Poconos or Hershey um, and just have fun with, with, with a loved one or, or, or with your family. Um with Pittsburgh itself, I would just say that's just so beautiful. They have so many beautiful sites, including a lift that you can go up uh, up a mountain, and, and it's the city of rivers. So you just see a lot of beautiful city, uh, a lot of beautiful bodies of water, and things like that. But in general, I just think Philly is a great place. You you definitely you won't leave hungry because you have a lot of food options. <laughs> And you'll see some beautiful heart and, uh, art and learn a lot of history in the process. I know it had one of the largest malls I think I'd ever been to, King, King of, of Prussia. Prussia. Yeah, exactly. It was massive. <laughs> yeah, how could I forget about that? King of Prussia. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of the most sizable malls I have been to. And so it's just, again, great great stuff to do. Um, by the way, since we were talking about poverty earlier, I know this, there's, a, there's a project that you are working on with your school. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yes, I'm I'm so excited about this and I put 
to allow me to uh, space this, to speak about this. So as I stated before, I'm a middle school teacher and specifically with my eighth grade businesses, uh, we create a, uh, a business every marketing period and a very fitting approach that we're doing this marketing period. Instead of doing a, a for-profit, we're doing a non-profit. And my students decided that they wanted to support homeless children. Um, so they are right now rolling up their sleeves, working extremely hard, building a nonprofit organization so they can collect funds to support local homeless children. And every uh, district in, the, in my state, they have a homeless uh, a coordinator and liaison, and we are going to donate all proceeds and funds uh, to the homeless coordinator. And what's so interesting is these kids didn't realize that there are kids that they go to school with, and we don't have to... We, obviously keep their information uh, confidential, but there's kids that they go to school with that you would never know that's uh, either homeless, living in um, hotels, living in shelters, or going back and forth with families. So once they learned that up, learned about that, they decided to stand up. And in our little world, we're going to make a difference. My kids are excited about it, and I want to fully support them. So if you are interested, you may email me uh, directly at brian.johnson at apple.k12.de.us, and I appreciate your support in advance. Thank you so much, Brian. And thank you for your time, by the way. I'm going to repeat the email address, by the way, just because I know I have some people on the podcast. It's Brian, spelled B-R-I-A-N dot Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N at Apo, spelled A-P-P-O, not Apple, but Apo, <laughs> dot K-12, K-1-2 dot D-E, as in the state of Delaware, dot U-S. Right. Perfect. Brian, great job talking with you, man. Uh, again, thank you so much for doing this for us. Uh, I know my students really appreciate learning more, and, and you've been wonderful. So thank you so kindly. And I hope that we see you again on one of these podcasts and vlogs. Well, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. And for my viewers that are out there, if you have any questions or comments about anything, you can certainly send them to scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the bell icon right above us in order to be notified about when new videos come out. If you haven't already subscribed, please click on the subscribe button right there. It doesn't cost you anything, and it actually really helps us out. And then if you like the content that you're seeing, hit the like button, and we'll be more than happy to deliver more of it to you. One final thing, though. If you are listening to this on the podcast, please feel free to review us and rate us. We really do appreciate that. And until our next time, make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.